Hello, welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we hang out and listen to great video game music from all generations and all consoles. The only restriction is your imagination. Depending, I know, because sometimes an imagination can get a little rocky, and you don't want that on a rated G show. You got to keep it cool, baby. Yeah, we got to keep it cool, we got to keep it clean, and we got, and today we're going to keep it anime. Anime! Wow, about about time. (laughs) I've been waiting for this. That's right. We're going big eyes, big hair, power levels. Over 9,000, if you're lucky. Way off the charts. Cassie, I think it's kind of funny that we mentioned that over 9,000, but that was back in like the very beginning of Dragon Ball Z, and now they're up to season five of Dragon Ball Super. Did they they even mention the power levels? No, I didn't think they would. They can't. (laughs) They've gone off scales at this point. And what do they do with this newfound power? They just keep punching. (laughs) Yeah, they just keep punching. They give in the air and punch, 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 punch. And sometimes a Kamehameha. I'm excited for the new uh, Dragon Ball game that's out. Oh, it's going to be good. It looks really good. People are saying, like, this is the real, this is the next Marvel. Like, not Marvel Infinite. Mm-hmm. This is the next Marvel game. People well, are real excited. Well, it makes sense because, I mean, people have wanted a really solid Dragon Ball fighter forever. I mean, we've had the Budokai games, and they're good, but they're not traditional 2D side-scrolling brawlers that yeah. people are... People they, want. People yeah, yeah. Want, people want, want to compete with. Yeah, this is, this is going to be... 2D jumping in the air. It's going to be pretty cool. Arc System Works gave it the respect it deserved. Very cool. Um, well, before we get started, um, this episode is... Or, wait, hold on. Before we get started, <laughs> I want to announce that um, every Friday we are going to be releasing um, the mixtapes of every episode. Um, I'm just calling them that because uh, Keyglyph has been doing them out of the kindness of her own heart for the Legacy Music Hour. Um, but I thought, yeah, I should start sharing, sharing them for this show because um, I've already got them pretty much laid out. So, hey, every Friday you get a mixtape of just the music from a classic episode. And mm-hmm. then every Monday you get us talking in your ears. Right? That's not so bad. People like that. But then the danger of that <laughs> is won't they catch up eventually? No, they'll never catch up. Actually, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you also get the most current episodes mixtape. That's that, what I'm, that's that what I'm, day, that day. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Like, won't that eventually catch you up? If it does, that's great. <laughs> we'll think of something else. <laughs> It'll just take 100 weeks. So yeah, if, if you want to just listen to some music in the car, or if you just want to listen to the music and not us, that's fine. But why would you do that? I thought we were friends. Forever. I, I can't believe you. Words. Don't you like to hear them? You know, I, can't st- I can't stay mad. I can't stay mad at you. I'm glad because I'm always sleepy. <laughs> I, I would just fall asleep and have bad dreams. All right, so that's out of the way. Um, I want to get right into this topic, which we are doing Shonen, or just I guess Shonen Jump. No, Shonen. Shonen Jump is the magazine, but the word Shonen manga we're referring to is just manga themed around like like boys. And boys manga. So, right. so, okay. so specifically like Dragon Ball and Naruto and Yu Yu Hakusho and all that stuff. The stuff that was featured in the Shonen manga series. Most of them, yeah. I think there's definitely a couple that okay. weren't. But the major- for the most part, I have a feeling that we all, we both picked stuff that were featured in Shonen Jump. Oh, absolutely. That That's, that's what I thought of. That's what I thought it was going to be. So I'm going to kick off 
the set with the very first Shonen Jump crossover into Nintendo. Oh. And this is called Famicom Jump Hero Retsuden for the Famicom, the family computer system, um, composed by Haruki Adachi. And this is the unused track. So it hasn't wasn't even used in the game. Mysterious. It's a mysterious unused track. Um, and we're going to hear probably from a few of these games that are um, crossovers of like all of these different franchises into like a fighting game. Or this happens to be an action RPG. Was it? It was a crossover action RPG. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. And there's there's a few of them. So this is the unused track from Famicom Jump Hero Retsuden, composed by Haruki Adachi. You're listening to the unused track from the game Famicom Jump Hero Retsuden for the Famicom, composed by Haruki Adachi. So, yeah, very classic Nintendo. Just just the sound sound channels, no samples. I'm liking this track a lot. I I realize it's a Nintendo game, but due to the fact that I seem to seemingly rarely pick what what, what are you doing? I'm holding in a sneeze. Oh, just sneeze. The world has to know you're a human. No, I can't. Um, Ack him! There, I, I did it for you. Oh, well, yeah, no, I hurt my back. Like, like uh, about a month ago, and... Um, oh, that's why you were holding it in. It's been, it's been a lot more serious than I, I had realized, and so sneezes and things have been extremely painful. Yeesh. So, yeah. Now I get it. I thought you were, like, just trying to hold it in for, the, like, the modesty of the show. Like, I can't know I sneeze. <laughs> no. I'll be ruined. I'll totally cut that out. I was just like, I realized I was like, looking at you really strange, holding my nose, like, super intense, staring at you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so you were talking, like, yeah, this is, like, the classic shonen where it's, like, the classic Dragon Ball Goku before he's an adult. Yeah, this was before Z. I was kind of shot. I looked at the cover while we were playing the track. And looked up some footage of it because, again, until Rob mentioned it today, I didn't know this game existed. Um, it's a very simple-looking like adventure game. Like you're walking around, and your hero's just like throwing fists at guys. Makes you wonder if any of the characters get like fireball projectiles or anything. They probably do, but it just seemed kind of funny. They were walking around, like a Dragon Warrior-looking map. Just yeah, but your your, your fireball is probably like still the punch, but now like a fireball comes out of it. A fireball shaped, a fist-shaped fireball. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, these these franchises are, are crazy popular, and they've been for a very long time. And I'm actually kind of glad to hear this thing exists because up and for forever, I didn't realize that they had a bunch of heavy crossover games up until like Jump Superstars came on the DS. Yeah, way I was, later. I was gonna say I didn't know any about about any of this stuff until like I think you brought it over to, to the house like years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, and we, and we did the DS link up, and I was like, wow. It's like, it was like a like a like a Smash Brothers fighting game, but with like all of these different franchises. It's so good. It's very fun. It makes me sad that it wasn't in English. 
because I never got the most out of the deck system for that game. But oh. <laughs> it was still fun just to kind of use like Goku and that girl with Rick and Millie rage-like hair and Naruto and like all five forms he had at the time of the yeah. show. It was a just good quality product. Yeah, and it had the DS like download play, so like I didn't have to have the cart and we can play together. That was the days when I could actually share games with people and actually get multiplayer on stuff. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I actually missed that. The nowadays, the companies seem to have steered away from that, including Nintendo. I don't know why. Maybe they were losing sales. I don't know, but put it back. <laughs> I need it. Jeez. Well, if um, you're interested in this uh, soundtrack, a, a lot of the tracks, again, are pretty basic and very, very short, but it, there's a few of them that have like, like a really fast, like kind of arpeggiation like this one. And it's really fun. Although it's, this one's still like really short. I think it's one of the longest tracks in the game. So the other ones are even shorter. Than yeah, this. they're like not even 20 seconds or so. They're real short. Um, but let, let's move on because I'm really curious as to what you've got. Well, I can tell you right now that after we made the comment earlier about everything being featured in Shonen Jump, I'm almost positive this first one wasn't. Oh, okay. So what is it? Um, it's from the game Ronma One Half Hard Battle. One of the only ones that actually got a United States release. Actually, it's the only one that got a U.S. release. Oh. And it is the rooftop stage from, from the game, basically Ryoga's level. And it's composed by Toshio Okamoto. Welcome back. You're listening to the rooftop stage theme from the game Ranma One Half Hard Battle, composed by Toshio Okamoto. Funny, I own the game, I've played the game, and I didn't realize until to, not today more so, but just searching for this episode, so basically today, that this game was developed by a company called Messiah. Now, I'm like Messiah, like the Messiah? Not the same spelling, but I guess the sound is about similar. Okay. Like M-A-S-A-Y-A. And it's funny about that because I've seen the, their wording before, but I never knew it was called Messiah. I thought it was called Magia or something because I could never read it. But uh, I have a weird history with a number of their games as far as like how I come across them. I never really bought them. I just stumbled across them here and there, and they always had great music to them. They always had a similar type of art style. And they all had great tunes to them. And so like, clearly this was no different. Yeah, this one has a great soundtrack. Because, yeah, we played a track from this in, the, in our Food Fight episode just, just a few weeks ago. And um, that was the Okonomiyaki stage. And it was pretty amazing. And this, this, this sounds more like an RPG battle. 
Well, Ryoga is the eternally lost boy. So, I mean, he is constantly wandering, fighting what he needs to fight, and leveling up, but never quite finding the way to the market with his experience. So, mm. poor soul. But he turned into a pig, right? That he did. One splash with cold water. Man. Too, too delicious pig. Cold water is super dangerous in this world. It really is. You got a man who turns into a duck, girl, a pig. It's always animal, a cat, right? A minotaur with angel wings and a lizard tail and a snake tongue and <sighs> diapers and some other junk that I don't even remember because his, his transformation was absurd. Who was the the guy who turned into like a duck thing? That was Moose. Moose, yeah. Moose, too. In <laughs> <laughs> the theme song. Man, that was a weird show. It's, it's interesting that this got a, a US release. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not, I think this was back when Viz was first trying to get a push on their stuff because this game came out in the States like 93. And even though I didn't learn about anime and, or not anime in general, but I didn't really start getting into it heavily until I started buying Ranma One Half VHS in what, 95? Um, they were already on the push to try to get these things out back in the early 90s. And I wouldn't be surprised if Viz had a hand in getting this game actually put out in the States just for the sake of, like, you know, kind of giving an extra bump oh, yeah. to the Ranma franchise. Interesting. Like, they were, like, supporting their anime, like, ahead of time, being like, all right, where are you going to push a video game? Well, yeah, because they were already releasing the stuff here. Like, just, it wasn't yeah, like, yeah, widespread yeah. or well-known. Well, it exactly. Known. Like, like cause, I mean, the anime itself wasn't widespread to begin with, but they were pushing it. Yeah, here in the States. Like, yeah, I was so, shocked. But they doubled, they doubled down, is what I'm saying, and also released the video game. Now, keep in mind, this is pure speculation on my part. This could have probably had nothing to do with Viz, but I can't. But otherwise, I'd be in the same boat as you, wondering how in the world a Rodmo one-half game would come out here. Yeah, it's crazy. stuff that didn't yeah. cross over back then. I would have played it. If I had seen this, I'd been like, oh, cool, because that's why I liked... Um, Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two when it came out, I, I, I was big. I was playing Mortal Kombat because I just like fighting games when I was a kid. But um, when Street Fighter Two came out, I was so much more into it because it looked like anime. It looked like a cartoon. I wanted this before I liked Ron. I wanted it because you could be a panda man. That's I like. I like that. That's his dad or his granddad. That's his dad. Oh, I love that guy because he like, just he just turns himself into a panda just because he likes being a panda. Yeah, and I it helps it. him get out of situations because he can't talk. What what animal would you turn into if you were splashed with cold water? And, d- and don't say female Pernell. <laughs> Dang it. That's where I was going to go. Lady Pern. But um, um, maybe a hawk. A hawk? Yeah. The ability to fly would be nice. And like, it rains hot water. Yeah. So it's not going to worry about changing in the sky. So it'd be kind of convenient to just be like, oh, I'm going to take, I'm going to go somewhere oh. for a bit. Go on a trip. I like that. <laughs> yeah, just to take off and go. Later. <laughs> that would be nice. But. Most but definitely a bird, something like a hawk or something, a bird that can really fly that has great flight capabilities. Okay, not not, like not, a, not, not, be- a, not a dove or a pigeon. Not because it's a predator, but just because it can fly easy. Just because it can fly easy, and maybe also because it's a predator. Because as a predator, it means I don't have to worry about too much trying to attack me in the sky or while I'm lounging about as a bird. There you go. You don't want to be the the lower tier bird, like just getting scooped up. Hanging out, minding your own business. Like what? <laughs> you want to be S tier bird? I want to be an S tier bird. Keep me off the food chain, baby. I want to be dominating it, not beneath it. Wow. Just ha- wow. You do the same things. Like, does anybody ever want to say I want to be algae? I'll be. Um, I'll be a cat. See, cats work though. Cats, cats are, are cool. nimble. No one's eating cats. Yeah. You can get around. You know. Some. <laughs> no one's eating cats. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Give it time, but please don't. Cats are cuddly. All right. And they make great roommates. All right, how about we keep it SNES? Works for me. Oh, Is this game about cats? I don't know if there are cats in this. I'm sure there are. 
There's always like a magical cat in these things. So you're gonna name it, and I'm gonna go looking for cats. So, right, so, um, so this is another um, jump crossover. This is um, uh, Tengai Makio Zero Shonen Jump No Shao. So this is East of Eden Zero. Do you know that anime? I've heard of East of Eden, but I've never delved into what it was about or anything. Yeah, me neither, but I listened to the soundtrack today, and it was amazing. So this is called Hero of Fire, which I believe is the theme of a character named Higgin, and it's composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa, Kohei Tanaka, and Aya Tanaka. This is Hero of Fire, Higgin, from the game Tengai Makio Zero, which is far east of Eden Zero, a Shonen Jump no Shao, which I believe is a Shonen Jump crossover to uh, an RPG series, uh, for the Super Famicom, composed by Toshiyuki Sasagawa, Kohei Tanaka, and Aya Tanaka. And I picked this because it's just... It's not just like a big orchestrated piece it's it's really well orchestrated on, on the super nintendo and it really reminds me of hitoshi sakamoto um who's uh, his work on like um ogre battle mm-hmm. oh that, that explains the epic the epicness god i hate using that word but i think I know, it's but yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's very large yeah it's it's it's, it, it's describing a really large adventure like a grand adventure oh, i love this ending part it really does oh, make so me good I mean, I genuinely, I mean, I know what this game is like, how the gameplay is and stuff. Like, like it's like it's a it's a it's a RPG battle system that has a sort of behind the back style similar to something like Fancy Star. But I genuinely want now I I want to play this because even as a fan translation. But I want to know what this has to do with Shonen Jump. Like I'm not saying it in a weird way. I mean, like I genuinely am curious. Yeah, yeah. You want to see? Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm learning about a lot of games from this episode because of you. Know, it, it's always interesting when we when we cover topics that are you know a little more foreign to us. Oh yeah, I mean you, you definitely know more anime than I do, or at least watch more anime than me. I spent a lot of time on the couch. 
That's right. <laughs> Pick up your tea. That's right. I said it. I, I watch the tunes. I watch tunes. I'm a grown man, and I watch cartoons. Animes, yeah! What's interesting is there's a lot of rap music and hip-hop music around shonen characters. Oh, speaking of which, one thing I always found that funny, found um, there's a game I like called Danganronpa. I've mentioned on the show multiple times. Danganronpa? Danganronpa. Rumpa, so Rumpa. it got an anime adaptation some years ago, and the opening theme song to that was sung by a rapper from Delaware. What? No, what's his name? I don't remember his name anymore. Oh. I just know it was a guy from Delaware. Yeah, I thought you would know. I mean, Delaware's so tiny. Well, I don't know the guy personally, so I you just say his stick. name, and I'm like, oh, that's my cousin. I was talking about. Almost was, my first thought was that, oh, this dude's from Wilmington, like, you know, downtown, like where I used to grow up or whatnot. And I see to this day, I wouldn't be surprised if he was from down there because it just would make sense. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, it was interesting to me that there's a lot of hip hop around like shonen characters and shonen jump and, and like around like sampling the music and then around the games themselves. I think um, a lot of people, a lot of kids grew up watching these shows now because now it's on like Cartoon Network or wherever you find it. Um, and you know, and I think these stories really speak to them. You know, like the uh, the hero struggle and um, all the crazy fights and battles, and like you know, the evil bad guy who's gonna destroy the world. Like it's just classic stuff. There we go. Right, so, oh, you, you look up the artist or something else? Yeah, they're called the Forty ers and they're from Newark, yeah. Delaware. Okay, yeah, I know them. Consist? Like, do you? Yeah. Well, I don't know them. I know of them. Yeah, members Jazz Mace and Marchitech. Oh. Seriously? Yes. Yes. So you do know them? Yeah, no, I met that guy. That guy's awesome. He did the music for that? Yeah, he did oh. the opening him they did the opening theme song to the show. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, when I used to um DJ at that one place that was on Philadelphia Pike, mm-hmm. he would be there too. And I would play and he would rap as I played. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Anime Small Worlds, see how that works. Yeah, anime, Delaware, Small Worlds. Yeah, Japan. Small Wonder. Tiny Wonder Delaware State. <laughs> Everyone's happy. Oh, that's so cool. Shout outs to Markitect. Yeah. See? Now yeah. hope maybe he'll catch the show like, yo, I remember you. <laughs> Let's go down to bar thirteen now since they changed the bloody name. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find him on Twitter. Anyway, I'm sure that's really exciting for our listeners to hear. Um, what's your next track? Alright, I'm gonna go with the next track I had here. So I'm gonna jump ahead a few consoles to the PS3. Okay. To a game that I attempted to play as of my first attempt at Musou titles. This game being called One Piece Pirate Warriors in the States. Musou. Yeah, Musou, Musou. I will get to So it a he bit. turns into a bird. No, he turns into a moose. <laughs> a moose with rubber knuckles. Okay. So the track title is called Prepare for Pirates, and it may have been composed by Hiroaki Takahashi. And or Sasaki Masayoshi. So the jury's still out. Jury's still out, but it's better than nothing. Let's prepare for pirates. Prepare for prepare for pirate. Pirate booty. Hey, Pernell, prepare for pirates. (laughs) God, don't do that.
at this point, I feel as though we all should be fairly suitably prepared for Pirates. I'm prepared for a game show. That's how this sounds, man. Game show! Or like, you know, these pirates are... Um, it's Merv Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> it's Merv Griffin Enterprises presents Prepare for Pirates, starring the One Piece Pirate Warriors, composed by Hiroaki Takahashi and or Sasaki Masayoshi. So, this track is filled with energy and mm. fun factoid. This is why I wanted to do Shonen episodes. <laughs> Though I was like so torn once I actually finally convinced you to do the theme, I'm like, well, what if I choose a better track for the game? But now that it's actually playing, I'm content. I love this track. It's the plays on the very first level of the game proper. When you're taking time to take up one of the first ever actually the first adversary of the One Piece Power Pirates, which is Buggy the Clown. Hmm. Um, Luffy's running around doing his gum gum thing. Um, and also a fun fact, this was me attempting to get the Muso titles, as in, I don't know what that actually is supposed to stand for, but essentially it's taking on waves of really stupid enemies with overpowered attacks, and then occasionally fighting a guy who's a little more resilient. Oh, like, um, what's this, what's this, what's that game? Uh, Ed's really into them. Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Yep, those are the beginnings of Muso games. They're the ones okay. that they all spawned from. Okay, I gotcha, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah those are fun. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they totally my fun. problem with them is they're fun for a while and then you just kind of get tired of just beating up stupid guys. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's how it always happens for me. But I was like, this is the one that's going to stick because it's One Piece. Yeah, you like One, one Piece. Piece. Yeah, I love One Piece. The entire premise of the show is overpowered guys beating up dumb marines who can't fight back with an <laughs> occasional bigger adversary to combat them. So it fits the theme of the game, but I still got bored eventually. I, was like, oh, I keep telling myself, go back to it, go back to it, but it doesn't stick. But one thing I can say is the animation in this game is spectacular. The music is really good across the board. Yeah, so is it? it's similar to this kind of like fun, funky, like almost like a Tokyo Scott orchestra style. Yes, yeah. and a lot of variations. Like there's another track I wanted to pick that's like very like upbeat and almost jazzy. And it's like it's amazing how much work they put into these features of these games because... This is like a anime licensed game that has high production values, and it shows. It's a very quality product, regardless of whether I'm a fan of the game as a whole or not. It's quality. I recommend it to anybody who likes this style of game. Yeah. And then they have two other ones that came after this one. It was a Pirate Warriors two and three. We got all three of them. Is in it the um? Is it like cel shaded to look like a like a cartoon? I wouldn't say cel shaded in what we think about, like say the Jet Set style, but I do believe there's a certain there's a bit it's of lining around the characters. Kind of, yeah. Well, it's, some, it's funny because like uh, uh, more more modern anime is a lot of that's done in three D to look like two D. But like nowadays, I see like a lot of times they don't even try it. So, like it's just three D. And it's saddening because I mean, don't get me wrong, it gets the job done, but it's missing well, something. It, yeah, it's just another. Yeah, for me, I prefer at least the cell shading and like the kind of two dimensional art style. But I yeah. think it's just a different, different style. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure people growing up with it now probably don't care so much. Just mm -hmm. like how I wouldn't be surprised if adults in our time when we were kids were like, Speed Racer was real animation. <laughs> this new Dominion tank police <laughs> no, is garbage. I, I think. I think even, you know, people who grew up with and swear by Speed Racer can be like, yeah, and they cut a few corners. Just a few. <laughs> just a few. <laughs> just a few. You they, know, cut this, the, they cut the entire box apart. Yeah, they cut, <laughs> they cut it all apart. Yeah, they, they went outside the box like a, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. They cut up the box, photocopied the pieces, and <laughs> just threw them into a replica of the same box. Yeah, man. 
And it's just whatever happens, happens with the animation. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> Everything. I mean, I was entertained by Speed Racer when I finally watched it, but I also laughed at how oh. overused some of the totally, scenes were. Totally, totally, totally. And the, mis- the off-sync words. And there's a lot of um, Speed Racer games we maybe we should cover sometime. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Vito, I, I get what a year. <laughs> Vito. All right, so for my last track, I am going uh, Mega Drive. And if you are a fan of the Legacy Music Hour and you know that Brent Weinbach is obsessed with a song from this game, Yu Yu Hakusho Makio Toutsuin. Um, and I believe it's like another like mega battle. It's a 2D fighter. Um, and it's composed by Akihara, Katsuhiko Suzuki, Kazuo Hanzawa, and Satoshi Murata. Um, and I am going to play a different track. Some of the tracks are licensed from the anime, and they're, and they're done amazingly well. Um, the one track that Brent Weinbach from the Legacy Music Hour is obsessed with is so good. Like it sounds like it's radio quality Mega Drive music. After the episodes record, you'll have to let me yeah, hear you it. You gotta hear it. It's amazing. But this one's really good too. It's called that whole soundtrack's amazing. This one's called Unmeltable Flame. From Yu Yu Hakusho. What what? Yeah, I know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's the unmeltable flame. If a flame were ice. Um, from Yu Yu Hakusho, Makio Toitsuin for the Sega Mega Drive. I dare you to try to <laughs> melt this flame. Nave! You call me Nave. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Call me Nave. <laughs> oh man so this is the unmeltable flame from the game Yu Yu Hakusho Makio Toitsuin for the Sega Mega Drive composed by Akihata Katsuhiko Suzuki Kazuo Hanzawa and Satoshi Murata and yeah they have a definite style on the Mega Drive especially uh, Kazuo Hanzawa like you can really hear like when he does percussion, it's always like really fast, like drum fills. Um, in games like Gunstar Heroes, it almost goes out of time. It just sounds like he's really rapid fire, like drum hits. Really cool. But it, this game is so melodic and interesting. Like the, the, the textures of all the sounds are really um, varied. Really cool. So I presume you've been across this entire shebang, huh? Like the entire OST of this game? Yes. Would you say all the tracks from this game are fairly similar? Um, no. 
They're not, they're not all similar. Like, like I mean, style, I meant to say. Style, like, sort of, yeah, yeah. Some of them are more, like, rock-oriented, some of them are a little slower. Um, yeah, and some of them are definitely stronger than others, but, like, they're all really cool. And also, this may have been asked on the show in the past, but yeah. it came to mind because we've been, we did, like, three RPGs already. <laughs> yeah. This, what, is, a, this what, is a fighter. Well, it's an RPG in my heart. Okay. But um, what would you say your special attack would be if you were an RPG character... Like your trademark special attack? Oh, like um, like suplex or jump? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I it would probably be like um, one of those moves that like copies like one of the enemy's moves. Oh, you'd be a blue like a blue mage. Basically. Yeah, yeah, I'd be that guy. Um, Intriguing. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. Actually, you'd be probably the more one of the more versatile characters they use in the game. Then. Yeah, but I'd be really hard to use, and so no one would pick me. <laughs> That's not true. People love blue mages. Yeah. Only thing that sucks about blue mages is that you got to take them around the world and learn to teach them stuff. Yeah, I got. I've been around the block for now. Learn, <laughs> learn a few techniques or two. I've I've learned from a few of the Wilmington masters. Yeah. What about you? Um, I don't even know if I'd even have a class. I'd just be. I mean, just, the logical thing would be cleric, just because I'm always about helping and healing and whatever. But. I feel like if I had a special move, it would have to have something to do with my voice being loud. Helping or healing or healing or something. God, being like, it's nice. Well, in games, it's always. Out. That's the problem, though. It's not, in the real world, we need more people who want to help and heal and yeah. just assist. Yeah, yeah. But in games, it, it's always like the down talk class. Like, yeah. you play like a, like a fancy star, so it's like, who wants to be the healer? We need a priest. It was always, we need a priest. Somebody come back and heal us. No one ever wanted to be the priest. I would always pick the priest. They I, are. I never had a run of like, difficulty getting parties to join up with. Well, they're the anchor. They're always the anchor because you'll have like, a team of like six fighters and tanks. And, and they're all clumsy. And, they're, and then you have, and you have like, one mage. Where's the mage? <laughs> Where'd the mage go? And you're like... And town drinking tea because you got tired of dealing with your crap. And you're relying on one white mage to do the trick. Do you ever play the um, the Final Fantasy for the Nintendo, which was I guess Final Fantasy three? Oh, for the Super Nintendo. No, for the Nintendo one. Oh, that was just Final Nintendo Fantasy one. Yeah, that, that was actually the first one. Yeah. Um, do you ever have you ever tried like playing it with like with like all the same class, like all white mages? Oh God, no. Oh, it's so hard. I know people have beaten it with four white mages, but the problem is, it wasn't a matter of trying due to, like, do I have the skill? It was more about the money, because spells in that game were grotesquely expensive. Yeah, so it was a huge grind. Yeah, you had to buy all the spells. You had to buy spells for each mage. It wasn't like you could buy one spell and everyone could learn it. You had to buy for each one. And it was awful. Like, I only I had to play with one black mage and one white mage, and I couldn't afford all the spells. It's tough. I tried playing it all Thief. And that was, that was tough. No, they, they, they don't take spawn. They can't take damage for no, crap. No, no, it was hard. And back then, that was before the game even gave thieves the ability to steal. So there really was nothing special about yeah, them. Yeah, they, they were just, just like, some guy. They were just really weak fighters. Yeah, it was it was a terrible class well, in that game. Well, they turned into like the martial artist or kung fu fighter or whatever at the end. Yeah, they had speed, but I'm not even sure if that game had eva good evasion dumb like, calculations or anything. So it was just like, hey, you're a speedy guy. I remember for you, bro. Oh, real quick, I'm, before you guys... Before we get into the next track, I remember because um, you would you would pick your enemy and fight, and then you would choose all your characters to to, to to target the enemies. Yeah, and you would click fight, and then if the enemy was killed when your guy was next up, whiff, it would just whiff, and that would piss me off so much. And then like on the Super Nintendo, like when you would whiff, 
like if you picked a character that was um it picked an enemy that was already you know downed or whatever it would just do the next one and yeah, i was and i was like this is the best thing ever that's innovation <laughs> i was so like happy to things see we that take feature for, it's like things that we take for granted nowadays auto targeting yeah yeah in your mind you'd be like okay these guys are like probably around 20 hit points so i should do maybe two attacks but what if but if one crits then i'm like losing the turn on a, on my white mage. Is my character healing. really so stupid as to attack the air? What if he's not dead? What if his ghost is there? Yeah, can you imagine playing like a pen and paper game and like everyone's like, okay, on my turn, I'm gonna fight this troll, and that guy's like, okay, on my turn, I'm gonna fight the same troll in case he's not dead. And then like the DM is like, sorry, buddy, you just uh, swung in the air. <laughs> you just were anxious. You, you rolled the die, and you're like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you whiffer. All right, let's move on to um, your last track, right? The finale. Hey, hey. Yeah. Well. This track is from, I think I almost covered, actually, I think by the end of this episode, I will have covered the, the old school trifecta of Shonen Jump. Okay. But this track is from the game Bleach Dark Souls from the Nintendo DS. Dark Souls, get it? Um, <laughs> and it's titled, Nice to Meet You, I Will Beat You. That's <laughs> such a weird name. And it's composed by Norio Hanzawa mm. and Katsuhiko Suzuki. Oh, so we're just kind of continuing these people's work. The treasure tirade. Yeah, I love it. You're listening to the oddly named track, Nice to Meet You, I Will Beat You, from the game Bleach Dark Souls, composed by Norio Hanzawa and Kasuhiko Suzuki. It's always funny when we do these shows, and before the episode itself, I'm like, these are the tracks I'm going to pick. And then you cue them up, you get them all ready to go. And you're like, this, this, this doesn't this, sound like <laughs> what I picked. This is this even the same tune. This is a really interesting tune. Yeah, as soon as that guitar solo came in, this one, like you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. But like the rest of it sounds really strange. This is what happens when you go from like using a closed up laptop speaker oh. to yeah. full on DJ headphones. Uh, it's like night and day on some of the sounds that come up. Mm. Uh, but this track is from a pretty great game that existed on the DS. It was created by Treasure, and originally they weren't even releasing them in the States. They were Japan, Japan only, but then we eventually got Dark Souls. It is a 2D side-scrolling like fighting game oh, neat. with some pretty legit um, fighting game play mechanics. I would dare say it could have been a contender for like a decent beat em up or decent fighting game for tournament play if it was on a console. Right, yeah. Handheld's never really... 
And the other thing about that movie well. was cool was that that made it awesome. Was that um, for those who had played Guardian Heroes, it had that similar style of parallax scrolling backgrounds and the ability to kind of like go to distance ourselves from each other. And when you did, the game would pan out. Oh, I do like that. So, so it's not like parallax, and there's like different. Um, 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 fields of vision where you can go like in the background and foreground. My memory's a little off, but part of me wants to say that at least the first Bleach game did have a foreground oh, yeah. and background. Yeah, it's always cool. Like when when um, a lot of these games kind of experiment with different styles, like how to how to do that. So this is a, this is stage music then. Yeah, one of the stages. Oh, neat. So it's just a, a legitimately great game cool. that again was unexpected on the Nintendo DS at the time. You could ask you could actually equip like support characters to. Do run backup support for like either to heal you or to come in and do a side attack. It was legit. I still own it. Yeah, you own you own them all. Come on. When it comes to the DS, I probably yeah. do. <laughs> I was gonna say you have a pretty large DS library. Such a good system. This dude. is a really neat, really neat sound because like the DS has kind of like it's a little muffled a little bit. Some of their music. Yeah. Um, because I think the, the sampling had to be kind of cut a little bit, but um, it's really interesting. The DS had some great music and some great games, many of which I still to this day feel were kind of underappreciated by folks who would kind of dismiss handhelds as being, well, handhelds. Well, yeah, there was a lot of, like, kid games. There was a lot of, like, cash-in of, like, you know, imagine puppies and oh, dogs. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, dress yeah. princess stuff. It was but, the like, Nintendo curse. Yeah, I mean, like, the Wii had it. Like, they all they all have it. All but, Nintendo games had, like, I remember back when I worked at KB, that was what people would come in to get games for, like, their, their like, toddlers and infants like hey do you guys have barbie racing quest or i don't know troll town or right welcome to cookie country you know all these games that would only exist on a nintendo system yeah why i don't even know well, now now that like um you know games and and um or applications like those are so there's some i feel like they're so much more popular like you would see them more like on ios or android now I yeah, mean, ipad that's what's been happening they've all been moving to the hit to like mobile devices because yeah. all they, they feel like all the parents have them on hand or they might have an old version of one on hand and they can just give their kid the break yeah 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 and they can like do like some like extra like microtransaction type stuff in it to make kind of like monetize it further so it's not just a one-time purchase and make it just sneaky enough that it's colorful and the kid can see the button and go ooh colors and just start mashing up microtransactions <laughs> on their parents oh man that's crazy I'm I almost positive some of those games do that exactly. I'm sure. Oh, I am sure that the more insidious ones will do that. Get their parents to statement. What the heck? <laughs> Twelve thousand gumdrops? I didn't pay for this. It's like four dollars a gumdrop. The kids sitting there, like hopping, bopping in the corner. <laughs> well, I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to go into um, the bonus round. B Super bon anime bonus round. Bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The bonus round this is the part of the show where we play. Uh, covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme, and this was a tough, tough one for me. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating. You're bowing out. I'm bowing out of the bonus round. <laughs> but, but you still have something for us, though, oh, right? I still have something. Yeah, I picked another uh, DS title. This is Jump Ultimate Stars. Yeah, which is that that crazy, like Smash Brothers style fighting game so with all of the Shonen characters crossed over. So good. And this one's called Live Com. Which I think is the music for, um, like network play, like either while you were connecting to another to a partner or like when you were selecting characters. Hmm. So in the bass on this one, is awesome, and I don't know who composed it. Completely unknown. Yeah, I had the same problem. I could not find anything for that. 
and it's annoying because yeah. I really wanted to give it credit. I know, me too. This is Live Com from the game Jump Ultimate Stars for the Nintendo DS. A composer unknown, but whoever's playing that bass is a superhero. <laughs> I, was, I was in here dancing to that this That's amazing, boy. yeah. The Jump Ultimate Stars soundtrack is excellent. Superstars one as well now, I think about it, but... Oh my god. I'll take any excuse I can to get tracks from that game on this show. This is the second one I think we've had on here from the game. Oh, really? Yeah, I picked Collapse on a previous episode. Well, that sounds familiar, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's like a fantastic tune. This sounds too. good. This is like again, like the sampling is a little bit muffled, but like they were able to maybe give that bass like some space so you can hear every like slap on the on the, on the notes. It was really cool. It was such a clever freaking game for like a little small brawler too. Mm. Just we never got it in the states because of licensing issues. But yeah, that's the thing that happens with like a lot of these um, like like music games and crossover games like. It might work in one country, then you bring it over here, and it's like, well, it's owned by four different companies, so you can't exactly do it. They should just be like, you know what? You can have the revenue from that. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's all about what the fans want. Oh, man. That'll so, never happen. So I'm curious it's to uh, what you have. Well, I kind of cheated, but didn't cheat. So obviously, as you'd expect, there are, I don't think these games are popular enough to get remixers for them. But well, there's again a lot of remixes for the original like anime. The shows, yeah, 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 for the shows, but yeah. not their games though. But I did come across an interesting 8-bit remix to the theme of one of the shows. That is a Shonen show, so I'm going with that. Ah. Um, the track is called Silhouette. It's one of the openings from the Naruto Shippuden series. It is originally created by a band called Kam Kanabun. But this particular remix is done by someone that goes by the name of the Music Kage, and it's pretty decent. Hope you guys like it. <laughs> 
So you just listened to the 8-bit remix of the song Silhouette by the band Kana Boon, used as the opening, one of the many openings, for Naruto Shippuden, remixed by the Music Kage. Now, if you want to compare in your own time, feel free to look up the original Silhouette song by Kana Boon mm. and see how close you think they got to it. But I think they did a pretty good, the guy did a pretty good job and it honestly sounded like something out of a Mega Man game. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the, the 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 beat, the boop 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 boop, was cool. Yeah, it's yeah, just very a much like gold track. All right, so then you have a little something special for the show now, or more so, just weird. Or so like like a like a, um, a curiosity that you wanted to mention. Oh yeah. So the topic of this episode was shonen, and aside from the track I mentioned earlier, prepare for pirates. There was one thing I had to find. I wanted to somehow include iShield 21 on this episode because iShield 21 is probably one of the manga slash animes that had the most influence on like my state of being when I came across it. It's just a golden show. And as, as real sports were like this show, I'd actually watch them. <laughs> so, of course, this happened. So, to start with... I wanted to have ask Rob to play a track, and it's one that was featured on a previous episode of the show. It's from the game Ease Memories of Celsetta, and it's called Gust of Wind by the Falcom Sound Team. All right, so now that you've heard that, this was my that was my favorite track from the Ease Memories of Cell Set Again. Now I'm gonna ask Rob to play a track called "You High Guts" from the game Ice Shield 21. Feel no Psycho Senshi Tachi for the Nintendo Wii. something like it sounds kind of different there but the timing is exactly the same yeah that is really really similar so i was like listening to this and i was like that is totally gust of wind totally gust of wind <laughs> and i went and looked it up sure enough like there are slight differences but not enough to really be different songs like so who composed this track? I don't even know. At first, I was like, maybe Falcom Sound Team was in on this. Um, but the game was developed by a company called Aiding, or at least published by them. Uh, so just I was, I was shocked. I was like, okay, I'm not going to pick this for the show proper, but yeah, you wanted to like be like, hey, this is crazy. This is <laughs> weird, especially because like this came out before E's Memories of Self said it now. East Memories of Soceta was a remake of the game East 4 Dawn of Ease on the Turbo CD, yeah. which in itself was a counterpart to the game East 4 Mask of the Sun for the Super Nintendo. 
they had OSTs that were then remixed and redone for the later PS Vita version of Memories of Celsetta. And when I went to try to look through all those tracks for the old game, I could not find one that was similar to Gust of Wind. So I feel like that was one that was new for this game. So, which was first? So I think Ice Shield was first. Oh, wow. So you think like the Falcom members may have been fans. A little. Either <laughs> that, either the same, either one of the same guys was on that team. Yeah, we should and, find that out. That's really interesting. It just... It, I, feel, I feel like this broke your brain a little bit. Like, it, you're just like, wow. I was sitting at my desk at work. I was like, whoa. <laughs> stop. Stop. I, like, turned it off. Went, switched back. I replayed both tracks. Like, I had two nice. windows open on two monitors. I was like, back, forth, back, forth. Like, this is the same bloody tune. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to... I'm going to research that a little bit more. Um, but for our listeners, if you want to know more about the story, go to rhythmandpixels.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll probably update. We'll, we'll probably update this on the uh, on the Facebook page once we figure out a little bit more about it because it's too it's too too samey. Too samey. Really? Like, but you caught that though. Yeah, wasn't totally. like an yeah, no, 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 it's there. It's there. Um, but yeah, uh, go to rhythmandpixels.com and we'll have links to uh, bonus bonus round artists. Um, SoundClouds and, and Bandcamps and bios and where you can go support the artists. All right, thanks for joining us on 11-10 episode of Rhythm and Pixels, our focus on Shonen and Shonen Jump uh, video games. Hopefully we did a pretty decent job of it, but here's the best part. I think we did, but if we didn't, we'll just do it again later. We'll just do it again later, but no, I think we covered like a good range of shows and games and consoles. We covered a lot of consoles in today's episode. We really did. Like We covered the big three of Shonen Jump from like the early, during the early 2000s. We covered some surprises, shocks. We covered some some unknown facts about shonen crossovers from the 80s, which I didn't know existed. It was a genuinely good episode, and I feel like the music quality was solid throughout. Like, just good stuff. Yeah, really, really good stuff. I dread the day we actually do an episode where it's like, man, I couldn't even think of a good song for this. I'm just going to play this okay thing. No, I feel like if it ever came to that, we would, we just wouldn't do that topic anymore. That is true. I think yeah. that'd probably be it. Like, okay, we're going to do a wild card episode because the play topic had bad results. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want to get in contact with us, talk to us, maybe get some topic suggestions, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail um, And if you'd like more information about the show. Uh, track listing for all of the episodes and links to all the episodes go to the website at rhythmandpixels.com and um, if you want to catch us on social media like the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, all those places it's Rhythm and Pixels all one word um, if you're a fan of the show and you want to help support us um, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels um, all the money there goes to support the show um, helps keep the, the files hosted and um, some you know some new future equipment like microphones and some maybe some video stuff um, but we also want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers we want to thank Alex the Messenger super guy super fan uh, we he also brought up apparently this is oddly out of place no that's right 
during the episode we were talking like the episode he guested on there was reference to a game called Hit the Ice. Yes. And I was like, oh, man, this reminds me of a hockey game that would have been like a hockey version of NBA Jam, so to speak. He messages me today, and he says, apparently Midway had a hockey version of NBA Jam, and it was called NHL 2 Open Ice Challenge. Oh, that sounds really familiar, but, I mean, the name sounds familiar. I never actually played it. Just something I thought well, I'll about to, saying. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Up. Well, um, along those lines, before we get back to everyone else, the... Um, there's a, a game, an indie game in development. Maybe, maybe it might be out now. It's called uh, Blood, Super Blood Hockey, and it's hilarious. It, it, it looks like a little bit better version of ice hockey for the Nintendo, except it's super violent. I was going to say, it made me think Mutant League, like Mutant League Hub football, yeah, but with it's, hockey. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I want to thank our other Patreon subscribers. I want to thank Carlos, Morton Gangso, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt, Chris Murray and Dan Smith, thank you all so much. You're all excellent, excellent gents. Um, and next week, we are going to have um, a guest on the show, right? Who, who could it be? Could you it be? don't know! <laughs> Tune in for that one. It's going to be some awesome music. That's for darn sure. Darn Because we're picking a great topic for music, <clears throat> which always makes me excited to, to record. And then um, after that one, we're going to have a live-streamed episode, which is uh, for every one of our Patreon subscribers. Um, you can uh, watch us record a show live. But if you do, please be gentle. <laughs> I've been on a diet lately. I'm falling asleep all the time. Rob's been has a hurt back. He's yeah. not standing up too often. It's, we're, just, we're, we're, we're running on fumes here, people. Yeah. Actually, I have a standing desk now. So. Oh, if anything, you're standing up more. I'm standing up too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, and if you're interested, I, I set up a, a Discord server. Um, if that's a thing that you're interested in, if you want to like maybe chat with us during the show, or if you want to like, you know, have questions about the show or want to talk about music, um, I can set that up. Let me know. That'd be interested. interesting. Yeah, yeah that'd be a nice little experiment. See how it goes. Yeah, and there's other people are doing it, and I was like, I'm gonna do it too. <laughs> I want to be the guy. I'm just interested in this stuff, like what it looks like and how it works. So. Well, I can tell you from experience, Discord's pretty cool, and it's it's like a good, nice drop-in system where people can just drop in, leave yeah. a comment, and then you might just pop in later and go, Oh, oh I can guy still see the question. Oh, nice. It yeah. stays. Yeah, so I'll, I'll post the other uh, invites and links to all that stuff on, um, I think on Facebook. That seems to be where most everyone is. Uh, but that's all I've got. Um, we'll see you next week on Rhythm and Pixels, Pixels, Pixels. That was a pretty good. Um, uh, who's the guy who did the um, the the announcer for Price is Right? I know Bob Barker, but I don't know who his announcer oh, guy was. Yeah, anyway, well, my name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Thank you very much for listening. Have a safe week and enjoy it. And remember. I got. I probably said this on a previous episode, but recent events. I got to say it again. So, opinions are a thing that we all have. We all have personal tastes and preferences and different things, and that's cool. That's what makes us unique human beings. We differ in thoughts, but when it comes to opinions based on entertainment and matters of fun, pretty much everything is going to be subjective. So it's awesome to like talk to your friends and discuss your favorite games and movies and music. And you ultimately wind up learning things you didn't know that a person could think about something you may have liked or disliked. You learn about differing opinions and thoughts. But you should never take it seriously to the point of just blatant anger or name-calling or just mass toxicity because it's... You're not doing anybody favors, and you're especially not doing yourself any favors. 
discuss opinions, have fun with thoughts, play games, listen to music, watch shows, but keep it fun. Let's not make it about politics. Make it about being a fun thing to engage in. That's what it should be about. Now I'm done rambling. All right. I got a turkey and cheddar sandwich with my name on it. Oh, you haven't finished that yet. Oh, you have to I actually that. did, but yeah, I, I really wish I had. You hadn't. look really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> <It was. laughs> I was so hungry, I didn't even realize I ate it all. 